Hello and welcome to another episode of the UK Airshow Review Podcast, the podcast we started when we had no airshows to review. My name's Sam Wise, you'll know me on the forums as Wissam24, and with me today are... Dan Ledwood, Ledhead27 on the forum. And Nick Jennings, Joe Frazee on the forum. So, the chances are you won't have failed to have missed that the brand new Microsoft Flight Simulator launched this week. Um, I think it's safe to say that this this has taken certainly the flight simming world, if not the entire gaming world, by storm. Um, flight sims have been around for a long time. In fact, the Microsoft Flight Simulator um, franchise has been around three years longer than the Windows uh, software, if you can believe it. It's Microsoft's longest running software as well. Um, and flight sims have been around for a long time. Uh, Nick and I are both very into our flight simming. We've been doing it for a long time. Um, and we've both gone in on Microsoft Flight Simulator this week. So we're going to give our thoughts on that. We're going to do a, a review of it. Um, spoiler alert, it's going to be pretty positive. Uh, but before that, I thought we'd just chat about flight sims as well, because there is, it's, a, it's a big part of the hobby to some extent. Not everyone takes part in flight sims. You know, you've got to have a decent computer to, to play them, certainly nowadays. And then you start talking about joysticks and pedals and all the other peripherals, and it, it starts to build up. But a lot of people do them, and it's it's certainly worth chatting about. And particularly now, if people are looking at going on flight sims, it could be a good starting point. Um, Nick, Nick, and I are going to talk about the uh, higher end of flight sims, so the ones where you really want a big setup. And then Dan uh, is very into War Thunder, which is certainly on the more casual end of the flight sim spectrum, but it, it is a lot more accessible as a result. So. Um, and, and then we'll we'll give our thoughts at the end. So Nick, you've been doing flight simming since the 90s, I think. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I started out in the 90s um, playing on PC mainly. Uh, so one of the games I sort of remember from back then was a game called Strike Commander, which was almost like the crisis of its day. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it, it really did bring computers to their knees. That's, that's C-R-Y-S-I-S yes, in case yes. anyone was wondering what that means. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and that that was also one of the first flight sims that actually had an interactive story. So you actually had missions to do. There was conversations between you and other pilots. Obviously, it was pretty limited back then with uh, the way PCs were back then. But mm. yeah, yeah, no, that was probably one of the first first games I sort of remember. Uh, oh, that and, and F nineteen Stealth Fighter on the Amiga. <laughs> it's funny you on the Amiga. It's funny you say that. I, as far as I'm aware, literally the first video game I played was Stealth Fighter 2.0. Okay. Um, F F117, so the, the sequel to F19. What year was that? And that was on that was on floppy disks on Windows. Um, but as far as I know, that was the first thing I ever played video game, and I, you know that would have been mid 90s or late 90s when I was, you know eight or nine years old. I feel so much younger than you two. This is, this is brilliant. <laughs> you are so much What's younger What's a floppy disk? Nick, Nick, did you hear a baby crying just now? <laughs> um, but then, but yeah, I mean, all through my childhood I was playing, I can remember playing Flight Sims. Um, things like Just Flight and Microsoft Flight Simulator and whatever iterations it was in. I remember A10, Tank Buster. Yeah. yeah. One, one of the versions in that series. Yeah. Um, and then I after I mean I dropped out after a while. Certainly, we just stopped getting flight sims. We didn't really have a joystick anymore and that kind of thing. And 
I just stopped playing them and it wasn't until 2012 when I got a PC when I was down in uni and I pretty much got a PC to play uh, Flight Sims because I found a video of DCS World at the time which was just the A10C and Car 50 Black Shark and was blown away by that <laughs> I could not believe you could have a flight sim that modelled something as complex and sophisticated as an A10C with all the screens and all the buttons and all the things with everything in the cockpit clickable. And that blew my mind. And I was like, I have to play this. And then I also saw Rise of Flight, which is a World War One combat flight simulator. And again, blew my mind because it looked amazing. It was visually stunning. And that encouraged me to get a, a, my first PC, which I built myself. And got a joystick got head tracking blah 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 and then sort of the rest is history um well it's not because we're going to talk more about it but uh, how, how how long have you been doing it sort of seriously like you do now um well i mean i started building machines um for gaming um probably 20 years ago uh, wow yeah but i wasn't necessarily playing flight sims the last one i remember playing from back then really was probably a game called flight unlimited um, mm -hmm. Which is almost almost a bit like Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, it's all sort of civilian sort of aircraft, um, and that was pretty revolutionary when that came out at the time. I think it was by Looking Glass Studios, who got mm. I think not sure who they got absorbed by, but uh, it might have been Microsoft or someone bought them. Um, and then I had a long period out. I had probably about 15 years out, um, and then I think it was, it was DCS that brought me back in. Um, I saw videos of that and thought, yeah, you know what, I've got the machines, the computer to do it, so I just need to buy all the other peripherals so I can uh, play it. And VR was obviously another key thing as well. Really? Yeah. So you, so you, you, the, th is it the thing you've, so you've gone in on VR, and I haven't yet. Um, I'd hold, I'd I, hold off for now, unless you've got a you really so? powerful so, machine. So, I, so I'm sure a lot of people are looking at. Um, flight sims and computers and obviously vr is very much the trend now so why, why do you say that um well the the entry point for vr is very high for if you want high resolution um if you want you like your oculus or your um odyssey style vr headsets they're not too bad you can get by on those on a sort of mid to high range graphics card uh, but if you go to things like the reverb which is like uh, 2k resolution by 2k in each each eye uh, you you really need to be spending sort of seven hundred pounds plus on a graphics card, mm. if you want to run the higher detail. Obviously, if you turn all the settings down to their lowest, you can probably get by, but it won't look very good. Mm. And and this is the thing. This is where flight simming becomes not just a game and it becomes a hobby because not only have you got if if you want to be at that level and and I I haven't got VR because I've having done it i've played on oculus rifts in fact we were talking about it with ate on the last um the last episode because obviously he does a lot of vr stuff and having gone from what i have at home which is a one full 40p monitor and if and i'm sure i'm sure a lot of people are probably tuned out by now <laughs> <laughs> um all this all this uh, you know hardware talk but i've got a, a high resolution monitor and then i've gone onto vr headsets which have been early generation ones and the, the step down in resolution is massive and that's turned me off that's not so noticeable on the higher end ones so the reverb really yeah it, it's pretty good it's obviously not quite as good as running a high def monitor but it's not mm. bad it's really not bad at all 
um, that is, the problem is frame rate. Um, right. If your frame rate drops too low and you're in VR, it can make you feel pretty queasy. <laughs> yeah, and that that is a problem. But um, but 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 as I say, so so you're then looking at a 700 pound graphics card. But then, if you've got VR, that's the point where you're getting joysticks and rudder pedals, yep. and you want you want a headset, and you might be getting other accessories uh, to go along with it, and that all stacks up. I mean, you know, expensive flight sticks, and I don't want to sound now. I don't want to be putting anyone off flight sims because it's they're so much fun. Um, even without VR, but um, you know, some some of the sticks can be four hundred euros plus. Rudder pedals can be three hundred euros plus for for the highest end. You know, that is the highest end stuff. But they're not they're needed, a, are they? If you're just getting into they're, flight they're, sims, they're not needed. It's just how seriously you take yeah. it, and you can absolutely you can get sticks for sixty quid maybe for a, for a very decent stick. Um, and and that and that that's fine, and that that will do things like DCS well. And it's just then how seriously you want to take it. So, something like DCS, for example, is the main the main modern combat simulator. Um, and there's if there really isn't really any competition for it in that arena, because for a very long time flight sims have been very niche. Mm. I think it's safe to say. And and one thing that the new flight simulator has definitely done has broadened its appeal, mm. simply through very good marketing and very good capabilities, but. I think it has very much opened the flights in market, and I hope that, that more people take it up. I think that's an accessibility thing as well, isn't it? It's it's much more yeah, accessible. So. Games like DCS 100%. aren't particularly accessible because there's just so much to learn. Um, so there's so much to learn, and you, you couldn't, for example, play DCS realistically. You couldn't play it on a say a, a gamepad. No, no. Um, simply because when when you're flying the more complex aircraft, you need things like. Hotas, which is hands-on throttle and stick, in case anyone didn't know that, and that's where you've got buttons and switches on the throttle and the stick. Oh, sorry, the, yeah, the throttle and the stick, which control aircraft systems, and you, you know, in various combinations, can do th different things like targeting and changing modes and changing radar stuff and, and controlling it all basically without taking your hands off the throttle and the stick. Um, and that's that's mimicking what happens in modern fighters. Um, and you, yeah, and and that that's where higher end equipment really comes into its own. And and the whole point of that is to simulate a real aircraft, to simulate the experience of flying an aircraft. Obviously, it can never replicate the real thing. Well, that's it. I mean, like you don't want to buy a simulator, and you know the name it does exactly what it says. It simulates. You don't want to buy something and you're using your keypad on because it's not really simulating. Then no. it's like playing no. playing Ace Combat or something like that. It's you sort of lose the appeal then why you might as well just go and buy something on the ps4 or something like that but that's the thing i found with so like because i had fsx i used to play and fs 2004 and 2002 before that and i had a, a cytec um throttle quadrant rudder pedals and control column and they weren't expensive but um i found it a hell of a lot more immersive than what it was, you know, using my mouse and my keyboard or like, clicking things, um, but it was a hell of a lot more. Y you know, you could go away from a Microsoft flight sim for a good couple of weeks, come back to it, and it wouldn't be, oh my god, what do I do? Sort of thing. It was mm. very. It was a hell of a lot more accessible, so to speak. So I didn't spend loads of money, but as you say, like, you need to, if you want to make it as immersive as you can, you need to 
splash some cash. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And and the immersion is is for for a hardcore. I don't know if there's a better term to use than hardcore, but a hardcore flight simmer immersion is the is the goal essentially. Yeah, you know, you 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 spend this money because you want to believe you're flying a plane. Yeah. Um. And I and and I like I said I don't have VR. What I have is head tracking, which is, uh, what that does is. So the system I have it has three LEDs on my headset on my headphones and then a, a an infrared tracker that goes on top of my monitor basically tracks my head movement and turns that into looking around the cockpit and that that before VR was around and I think still is if you're not going if you don't get VR it's not something you want to invest in head tracking for flight simming is is basically not <clears throat> optional you know it, you, it, if you're going in at the higher end of flight simming there's that the, you can't do without it. Certainly not the combat stuff. Is dog fighting without head tracking is or, or VR is just insane. Oh, when I've um, been around to yours, Sam, and I've because that's the only only time that I've played DCS, which is at yours, and used the head tracking, it was incredible. Like it, it almost felt like it opened up so much more of the game. I mean, okay, fine. I wasn't playing DCS at mine at, um, on my computer at home, as I say, but the ability to sort of turn your head and. I hate to use the word immersive again, but it was. Well, no, it, but but it, it is the right word. That's that is the word that everyone yeah. goes for. It's just it's it's just the ability to be able to look at the end of a runway, out the side, and then just follow it all the way around and come into land, rather than having to flick between different views yeah. on a keyboard. It's it's just or, so or much trying to better. Manipulate a hat switch. It, it just takes thinking off. Yes. What you're doing with your hands, yeah. for example. Um, so if if you're going in on flight sims, then and and you're not. And, and say the price of a VR setup puts you off. Look at flight uh, head tracking. There's very cheap options out there. Um, you you can do a, a head tracking setup for twenty quid or, or thereabouts, and 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 it, it's quite reasonable. Um, and it just adds. I mean, it's way more than the sum of its parts. It adds to to the, the flight sim experience. Um, just yeah, and then the ability to move your head around, tracking stuff in a dogfight, for example, is fantastic. And it becomes muscle memory, like, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same with VR. Well, it will be exactly the same with VR. I don't know about you, but when I start watching vi flights in videos, I start moving my head around, <laughs> trying to move the camera around. Like it just—it's muscle memory. You you don't realise you've got it on after a while. You just you just turn mm. your head and it tracks around, and <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, I use Track IR quite a lot actually, probably more than I do VR. Um, oh really? Yeah, I mean VR. The problem with VR is performance. Um, so mm -hmm. D DCS is borderline. Uh, Il two Sturmovic is very good in VR. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously Microsoft Flight Simulator doesn't have VR yet either. So I use Track yeah. IR um, for my head options. Mm. So because I've I've never used a, um, a VR headset particularly. Um, I, I know you said after a while you get used to it or you sort of forget that it's on yeah. do you find or that you have to end up taking uh like a break from it or you know when you finish playing game it's sort of you take it off and you think Whoa. initially initially you do um it takes a little bit of while because obviously your eyes are telling you something different from what your body is mm. um it can throw your sort of um gyro out of out of alignment as it were so it can take a little bit of while but the more you do it the more you get used to it um, the, the most dis disconcerting thing I found was when I landed a plane and I braked to stop when you stop mm -hmm. 
it, it feels like you're still moving. Yeah. Even though you, even mm. though what you're seeing with your eyes is you've actually stopped, your body still feels like it's moving. <laughs> it's it's a really weird experience. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, I, I, like I said, I've done it before, and it it definitely adds a lot. Um, I think just maybe a couple of years off for me before I ha- have a look at at a serious setup for it. I think the one that just... got me was um, I was flying the i16, and it's open cockpit. And I actually went mm. to put my arm up on the side of the <laughs> side of the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's nothing there. Yeah. That's mission accomplished. Exactly. Then. Exactly. You you have you have fully bought into the idea that you're in that cockpit. <laughs> yep. That's very. Did you cool. uh, take the headset off and you found like a scarf around you and some goggles as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so you mentioned ill two there as well. Yes. Um, pe- people who've been, or, or certainly maybe who were doing flight simming uh, in the past, will will recognise the ill two name from ill two. Oh, ill two Sturmovic nineteen forty six. I think was the ultimate iteration that still has a healthy player base. I think. But you and I both, as well as DCS, and I, I'm, you know, I don't need to go into it in, in this episode. I don't think. But I have, you know, full well, I've got issues with DCS at the moment. Um, just the way it's been business structured recently the direction it seems to be going in not particularly big fan of and i sort of find myself playing it less and less at the moment actually but ill 2 is another it's sort of the other um top tier combat sim that that's out there at the moment the the main uh, it, it was there's, there's there's a few differences so dcs uh, which stands for Digital Combat Simulator, by the way, in case anyone hadn't f- picked that up yet. DCS is what's called full simulation. Um, so the, the aircraft uh, flight models are fully simulated. The, the aircraft sort of internal systems, avionics, all that sort of thing, fully simulated, s- supposedly com- all interactive. Um, and IL-2 is slightly different. So, for example none of the cockpits are clickable so this so this is the the, the latest version of ill 2 is ill 2 Sturmovic great battles um and that's a sort of brought a whole lot of different uh, maps and theaters uh into it and it's incorporated as well a newer version of rise of flight the world war one simulator and also a tank battle um simulator but i've never gone in on that and and in case it wasn't obvious it's it's exclusively world war Two flying combat um and it's very good at what it does. It's a very good flight sim game. There are good campaigns, good maps. It's easy to jump in on a quick mission and have a fly around and have some fun. And it's got a very good multiplayer scene as well. And a lot of those are the issues with DCS because it doesn't have a lot of that ability. Um, but it, but the but the planes are simpler than in DCS. So they they've got um, slightly less complex flight models. The cockpits aren't clickable. The, the systems modeling isn't quite as complicated either it's got a better damage model actually though which is important for a combat particularly world war ii combat sim um and i know you've been playing that a lot more recently as well nick i think yeah that and um flying circus which was the world war one part of the great battles mm. uh, that is very good um, especially in vr that is because you're in such an open cockpit um, mm. it's amazing just to be able to look around look over the side of the edge of the plane and yeah it's, it's fantastic um, and it's also very visceral obviously with the machine guns it's, it's pretty close quarters it's not like dcs where you're firing a missile at something 30 miles away um, you're actually mm-hmm. you're actually right in front of you 100 200 yards in front um, 
and and you you feel it when the cannon fire hits the other plane it's 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 certainly an experience mm. yeah and it's got great sound design as well and it's going good places it's 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 it started on the eastern front of the the second world war so mostly um soviet and german planes and actually the most recent couple of installments have moved to the western front so you've started to get your mustangs and thunderbolts and coming up soon things like the mosquito um and uh, uh and, and a few other quite exciting aircraft so uh, it's going in good places I, I really hope they make the jump to korea because i think the engine would be incredible for the korean war um and, and with the early jets it'd be awesome and something i've never done but you you do some of the civilian flights as well like x-plane i think yeah yeah right? i've done x-plane um that was sort of had been my sim of choice until microsoft flight simulator came along um oh really yeah i it, i'd stopped playing dcs and i mean like you dcs has been so many bugs it's it seems more like cash grab than a, a something they're actually developing i mean well i i there was a comment on reddit where someone quite um concisely explained that it's basically a ponzi scheme now <laughs> um because all, all you're doing is buying into an incomplete module to fund the next one yeah but, uh, they haven't done a serious yeah. update on the the main game for probably a few years now they just tack more bits on the, the base engine is 20 years so, old. Yeah, yeah. so for someone yeah. uneducated like me um and you're, and you're saying that dcs has issues what are sort of so, uh, you say like you, you're paying into it and you're not really getting full modules what are the like the big issues like with it at the moment that makes it unfriendly they'll, they'll to play they'll charge you obviously you get early access and they'll charge you probably 10 20 percent off full price i mean you can be looking at 80 pounds for one plane <laughs> so it's, it's not cheap it's not cheap so, so, so that would be one of the complex aircraft like the hornet yeah. or the f-16 for example where there are a lot of systems modeled but at the point of purchase you will be paying that for potentially half a plane essentially. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're not you're not Except, really getting the full products then when you Not until they finish it, but that can be a year or two after oh it's God. actually released. Well how how long's the Hornet been out now? Uh, it's got to be a year and a half, two years, isn't it? And it's still not yeah. done. It's still not really close to finished, oh I don't think. And 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 in that time they've released the F sixteen yeah. and have a few more pla- plenty more planes on the way. And I know they're they're not necessarily it's one plane or at a time and that's it, but it yeah, it's a very suspicious business model i think i think that's the main gripe isn't it they, they release unfinished planes um, but they don't really update the base engine mm-hmm. um, the performance hasn't really improved on it i mean i know they're talking about doing vulcan but that's which is a replacement for OpenGL, which is like the graphics api layer of the game um, R- bit... rather than the 1950s nuclear bomb <laughs> yeah. I, I i thought you were talking about the vulcan bomber then no no <laughs> So yeah, we, everyone's waiting for that, but that's on their long-term plans. So that's going to be at least another two years away. But they're still yeah. churning out new planes. New planes. They're unfinished. Yeah, I know that. I know they um, they've sort of accepted that the community's been um, quite vocal in its disappointment with um, yeah. with, the, with DCS, and they're actually. I think they they are concentrating on doing the bugs at the moment. So I think. They've been churning it. Well, apparently, if you looked at the, uh, if you get the weekly email updates, yeah, um, there's a whole load of lists of bugs they've fixed. So they are. I think they are listening. It's just, it's just taking them a while. 
the, for me, that the bugs and all of that is is obviously a, a game breaking issue, regardless. But for me, the, the biggest issue with DCS in the last that that really I just came to notice in the last couple of years is that they've got these maps, and you know they've just released the Syria map. It looks fantastic. It's very cool. What a cool war zone to simulate and to build and to to offer to people to 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 go in. You know, endless possibilities for conflicts in that region with all the planes in the game and what a, what potential. But there's nothing to do. No, because because the map's just there and there's nothing in it. You, you know, you, there's no option to. You can do quick missions, but they're soulless and meaningless. Yeah. There are there are pre-made missions, but you you have to load them up and then they're exactly the same. And there's no way of really just jumping in and and jumping into a populated world that has combat going on that you can take part in. It it all anything you do is either so sort of soulless or meaningless or um, just or you have to spend a lot of time creating scenarios yourself yes. in which case it, there's no there's no surprise in anything you do I mean that's the thing I mean most of the um, the good stuff that like you say should be there for the actual content is created by the users it's not created mm. by DCS it's it's or equal dynamics it's not created by them it's it ends up being created by the user and in some ways I think that's a bit of a cop-out mm. they're not actually putting the effort in to create any content yeah 100 percent and 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 it's all and the users create the content and there's some fantastic multiplayer servers and stuff like that an update comes along and you might find half of the campaigns that you've bought and paid for don't work uh, anymore sure and that's a huge problem yeah that's a very yep. huge problem so the and that's the thing with dc i mean in terms of simulation it is as as good as there is on the market the, the actual simulation of the aircraft themselves the ones that you know are complete and work anyway is Second to none, really. I think. Yes. Well, it's made um, you love the F fourteen now, hasn't it? It's. Uh... I like <laughs> the, the F fourteen module in that is brilliant, and honestly, the developers heat blur don't deserve to be in a simulator made by Eagle Dynamics. And quite frankly, I still haven't. So yeah, good. I still haven't got around to buying that yet. I'm waiting for it to. Oh go, man, I'm waiting for honestly, it to go on half I'll, price. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I will say this: the actual the, the two player experience in the F fourteen is unbelievable. Um, I fly with my mate David. Um, I'm the pilot and he's the Rio and trust me when you get a good relationship with the person you're flying you know he's my mate when you're you have a mate in the back or front and you get that working and you communicate and you in combat together it is an unbelievable experience I genuinely can't say that like stress that enough when you've got a crew it sounds dumb and it sounds dweeby to say it because you're all pretend playing when you've got a crew working like that it's it's so cool it is so cool you know when when you're the pilot and you've got the guy in the back and he's giving you directions uh and giving you bearings to enemies and he's looking around and he's you know you're in a dogfight and he's giving you calling out where they are you know 10 o'clock high six o'clock low you know that kind of thing and you're maneuvering off their commands and he's telling you which position he needs you to be in to launch and then he'll select you the missile and and, and it oh it's it works so well and that is very very cool that sounds cool that does that does sound quite fun uh, genuinely I, I would honestly that that the f14 for that alone is worth it and there are other cool things you know the, they actually simulate the world war ii planes very well um there's not really but that's the thing so there's nothing to do with them like there is an ill 2 mm. really um, the Normandy map is a bit meh, to be perfectly honest. Um, 
and and then and then there are a lot of other and the mig 21s cool but there doesn't really have anything for it to fight on equal mm. terms and there's no real scenarios for it to be in and all that sort of stuff and it's all very piecemeal and it's great as a simulator but not very good as a game i think so i mean you two both mentioned it briefly um nick you mentioned it about ill 2 about the multiplayer yeah. um do you guys prefer doing multiplayer or do you prefer playing just jumping in a plane and going like sort of I mean, I'm not really multiplayer. Right, okay. I, I tend to mm. I tend to fly on my own. Why is that um, of interest? I just think as I just that's the way I've always done it. I I never really because right. I've been flying since sort of nineties. I've all, it's always been single player campaigns yeah. that I've tended to do um, rather than I mean, multiplayer. I, I was I was so I was always the case like that. But then I jumped in on servers like the Cold War server on DCS, and honestly similar to the um the the f14 experience i was just telling you about if you've got a good ground controller who knows what they're doing and you're on the same channels and you can hear other people calling the ground controller and getting bearings and then you hear them talking and you're in your plane and you're listening out for their uh communications and then he gives you a bearing to an enemy and he gives you a height and he gives you a range and you come in on it and then he guides you in on the enemy and you shoot them down and you know you've shot another person in their com- in, in front of their computer down and you know they're sat in their computer going what the f- <laughs> <laughs> damn you and you know that you know that you've had that you, you've actually beaten someone else in it in a in a dogfight i mean i can remember again you know it, it's it's gaming and there'll be people listening to this going oh it's just a game it's not real the whole point you play games for fun i remember the first kill i got online in dcs i was in a mig 21 and they were in an F5 and they were already fighting someone and they were focused. They had tunnel vision on their target in front of them. Another crash in Indy. Um, they had tunnel vision on their target in front of them and I popped in behind them, followed them through, got the tone. And at this point, you know, I know I'm, I'm in the prime position to get him and my tone's going and my heart is going a million miles a second. Like genuinely, I could feel the adrenaline rush and I launched the missile and it comes off the rail, boom, hit and he falls in the water and I still remember that and it felt so good because I knew it was I'd beaten yeah. a person and I hadn't just beaten a computer and I will say nothing in single player can replicate that feeling when you do online flights in combat I guess it's I guess it's the you know as you say you've got real world people to play with rather than in, yeah. si- in single player you know that it's not nothing not to take anything away from uh, single player missions but it's just AI you're fighting which is yeah. Um, I'm, sh- I'm um, sure it's quite intelligent, but it's not probably the same as. Well, no, the D- DCS AI. Oh, really? is oh right. Okay, I'll take <laughs> that back then. <laughs> um, now that would actually be a perfect jumping point to talk about War Thunder, but I do think we need to give before, certainly before we talk about Microsoft Flight Sim again, we do need to give the Civi Sims their dues, and particularly because oh, God, yeah. uh, Nick does play X Plane. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to just talk? Tell us about X Plane. Yeah, I mean X Plane is very good. Um, it's probably less accessible than Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, it's been around quite a long time now. I mean, I think they're on Is it 11? Uh, version 11. Yeah, 11 at the moment. I mean, I remember playing X-Plane 3, I think, back in the early 90s, uh, making my own planes and seeing what I could do with them. <laughs> um, you could still do that now with the new ones, but I obviously haven't gone into that. I've just been flying planes. Um, and it is very good. Mm. Um, 
I think the aerodynamic model is actually better than Microsoft Flight Simulator because rather than doing it by the stats of the plane, that's how they normally model them. Mm. Uh, X-Plane's got its own aerodynamic simulation in it, so it actually models the air going over the oh, wings. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, but it's a resource hog. Um, it really does it does bring your machine to its knees, <laughs> especially if you then start... If you use, the obviously, the basic um, imagery, it's, it's pretty poor. It looks very dated. I would say it looks but you can, quite... Yeah. You, you've got the option to import your own satellite imagery into it right. so that can make it much better but obviously you then need terabytes of disk space to fill up all these uh areas <laughs> um i mean I, I did iceland and i think that was about um 80 gig i think just to do iceland in disk space Jeez. yeah just to do the satellite imagery um, but it is it is very good it, it does look very good. It's not. It doesn't have the weather model that flight Microsoft Flight Simulator's got. It doesn't have all the lighting and all that mm. sort of stuff. Um, but I think I actually prefer flying the planes in X plane than I do to Microsoft Flight Simulator. There's certainly a bigger range of planes that there are in X plane than there are in yeah, Flight Simulator for now. For now. But I think I mean overall, having not played X plane Mind, but overall for, for the for the, the everything else experience. Of a civvy flight sim, I mean, I think flight sim is a X plane killer a little bit. I think only the hardcore will probably stay with X plane. Yeah. Um, so, so at the other end of the scale, as we said before, our, our games like I mean things like Ace Combat, but but things like War Thunder, um, which I know uh, Dan has been playing for a mm. long time, and you really enjoy it. So, you t- tell us about War Thunder. Tell us what it is, um, how it differs to say a, a a more in-depth flight sim. So, I wouldn't call War Thunder particularly a simulator. I play. I I describe it more as a video game, but you know, much more, you know, in depth than something like Ace Combat. Um, I mean, for starters, you've got a wealth of loads of different aircraft. I don't know how many are actually on the game. And <clears throat> from when I started playing War Thunder, which was about five years ago now it's it's grown massively into the it's now into jet aircraft mm. um things like the when yeah helicopters we're, stuff, right? we're into helicopters now um aircraft like the draken and and stuff like that so you know it's not it started um with interwar um so you'd start with something like a, a hawker hind or something like that and then you'd probably get to sort of a spitfire mark 24 or something like that but now it's pushed on quite a quite a way through and the get and the developers Gaijin have developed the game really well they're always putting out updates which is a double-edged sword with a laptop like mine when you're trying to update the game it takes quite a while if your internet connection's a bit yeah it's, oh really that that's the thing that so i ended up coming away from the game for a year or two um but not uh, about a year probably is more accurate um just because the updates were so big um, you'd sit there and it would literally say seven days and four hours and it's like what's the point and there'd be another update in a couple of months time um, so the, uh, War Thunder is abs- it, it has single player missions you can play single player if you want that's definitely not the core of the game it is it's essentially all multiplayer, it's all online um, you've got different different scenario, different modes sorry, that you can play so you've got arcade battles which are it's very plug and play. You jump in, the realism is dialed all the way down. 
um, you know, you can you can put the aircraft in a you can put a, a Spitfire in a four hundred and fifty knot dive, and the wings won't peel off. So, I mean, is there a big difference between aircraft of similar types? So your Spitfire and your Mustang, or is it like a cookie cutter approach where they all handle similarly? You do actually. Um, there, there is a noticeable difference. So, for instance, when I play, I tend to stick more to um, the fighters and attack aircraft rather than your heavy bombers because you just sort of get mobbed by fighters. You do notice a difference. Um, so, if you've got an aircraft that is more suited to low low level and you take it to high altitude you you notice a difference when okay. you're going up against what like 1v1 with other with the gamers mm. which is nice because i mean i started playing it i thought oh god it's just you know i'm just going to get shot down all the time by something far worse um but no it is it is quite good in that aspect um you play if you start playing the realistic or the simulator back to say what three tiers you've got arcade realistic and simulator and custom as well for instance into simulator you're not allowed to use outside views you're only allowed to use an in cockpit view if you're using a mouse you can use like the little whiz wheel on your mouse as the throttling arcade you can only use the mouse for as a control column as it were so it it dials it up it makes it hard <clears throat> excuse me it makes it harder for you um, if you go for the more realistic stuff but it's it you know as I say it doesn't really compare to your DCSs or your ill twos like that. Mm. It's very much more if you want to if you want to do online gaming, I'd say War Thunder was the one to jump into, and the games are very quick. Like you can do you can blast through about four or five different games in about forty five minutes. Okay, so 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 the, the the term really, I mean even even with the simulator mode now, I think is that it's a quite an arcadey game. Oh, definitely. Absolutely, um, a big thing that was an issue at first would was um, people would mod the game to their advantage. You know, yeah. like most like most online games. Yeah, and it was getting to a point where it was just ridiculous. So, for instance, you'd be at a spawn point, someone would hover around at a at higher altitude, and they'd dive on you, and it'd be like a one-shot kill sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's my experience of ill 2 multiplayer combat but that's just because i'm absolutely garbage at world <laughs> war 2 dogfighting um and invariably someone just just dives in from altitude advantage and gets a shot straight on my engine block and i'm dead um, which makes all the, which makes the kills you do get a lot sweeter but yeah it does and um it is when you war thunder's a game where you have to invest time into it as, as much as I've said that it's plug and play, if you want to move up through the tiers, so you've got a tier system, so the, mo the more XP you get, the higher tier aircraft, and you end up, it's a chronological thing, so a tier four aircraft may be, or a tier three aircraft may be a Spitfire Mark V, and then a tier five might be a, um, a Supermarine attacker or something like that. Mm. Um, if you don't end up playing the game regularly which is sort of what i am guilty for you don't make progress so you don't end up getting anywhere and it's very catch 22 because then you don't want to play and then if you don't play you you sort of get into that cycle of not really getting anywhere you're almost being forced to play yeah well, 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 this is my i think the main reason i've never gone into war thunder because i love the the amount of planes in it and much like ace combat it's huge yeah, much like Ace Combat, as long as you know it's not pretending to be something it's not, 
Um, and I'm very happy to just have a blat around in just a wide variety of cool planes that, that aren't in any other simulators, regardless of how unrealistic they are. But the thing with things like War Thunder and World of Warships and World of Tanks and those kind of games is they are a massive grind. And I hate, I, I've, I just don't care about grindy games. And the thing with grindy games is you either have to do the grind or you pay to win. Well, that's it. That, that's what I was just about to say. It almost feels like, especially when you, you, you end up, because what happens is you buy the game or you get the game and they'll give you sort of 20% XP bonus for five or six days. And you end up flying through the tiers and ranks quite quickly. And then all of a sudden you lose that and you happen to muddle through really, really slowly. And it's almost as if they're pushing you to just buy the bloody add-ons, which I don't want to do. I want to, you know, sort of earn my aircraft, as it were. But then you got grind. But that's it. And when you've got like a job and things to do, exactly. you don't have time to sit on War Thunder for four hours and go up one rank. It's it, it's just, it's not worth it. No. If it was a bit quicker, then yeah, it'd be fine. I want to go back but to a game whole... in four months later after I've last played it and pick up where I left off and not find I've been disadvantaged by everything moving forward and I've been left behind. That's it. That's it. Um, but I, that, that that's my sort of one big gripe with War Thunder. It's just, it's, as we've said, it's just, it's a very grindy game. But other than that, as you say, like, the varieties there. There's the tanks, there's the tank stuff as well. They've got ships as well now. So they're, you know, really branching out. But so they, they, they've tried to get the world of tanks and world of warships. Yeah, and as well then. I've spoken to someone that's played World of Tanks, and they've said that they think the War Thunder model is a lot better. I've not oh, played really? World of Tanks. Yeah, apparently. Um, Don't tell Belarus I... that. <laughs> Belavia will, GDP, will go bankrupt. Um, yeah. But uh, it's the aircraft that I'm in, interested in War Thunder. Yeah, and, of course. You know, it does the job if I want to just play online for an hour or so but in terms of development it's hard mm. but it's, it's enjoyable and it's accessible and that's, that's the key it. thing i think isn't it again you you can play you can play waltham if you want with a key a, your laptop keypad um yeah again it's one of those things you want to have a joystick and rudder pedals and it makes it a lot easier and a lot it does make it more immersive yeah but you are you, you're scratching the surface in comparison to something like what you chaps are playing yeah, like Ill2 where or... you could theoretically play them with a keyboard the controls are there but there's no point doing it essentially no, exactly exactly yeah so but and i and i like i said i mean i know you enjoy war thunder a lot and it's, it's something that i it does look good fun but i just it, yeah it, with the, with all the other sims that i play it, it's the grind it really yeah. is I mean, you've got you've got the different maps. Um, that I'm pretty. I'm ninety eight percent sure they're fictitious. Um, mm. You know, you can play sort of down down near Dover and stuff, and none of the place names match up to anywhere mm-hmm. in real life. Um, they've got that well wrong, but um, and it, it is things like when it, I see they've done a Swedish content pack that it's like every time I see it, it's like what well, no one else is doing Draken. Think no. you can just. Just have a fly around in, and that yeah, that that kind of thing is what it looks very good for. Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, sometimes what I'll do is 
um, I'll take an F and I'll just go for. You can put like a trial, like a trial the air. Little free flight. Yeah, and I'll just have a raz around yeah. in something, which is good fun. Um, so speaking of razzing around, um, this is a terrible segue. <laughs> it's not terrible. Stop calling my segues terrible. They are. They're not. They're carefully rehearsed days in advance of recording. <laughs> Um, speaking me. of <clears throat> razzing around, Microsoft Flight Simulator um, is what razzing up the. It, I'll it, stop. No, it lets you go for a razz around, Dan. <sighs> but the point is, it lets you go for a razz around anywhere in the world in high resolution satellite imagery, generated buildings and terrain. This is what no sim has ever done before. And you can play with How- a gamepad. Yeah, and you can play, and you can play with a gamepad, and and bef- I mean, uh, before we, I think, get into the meat of it, what I, what I will say that has I have found extraordinary about this simulator is it has got people who aren't into planes talking about it and playing it. I know loads of people who aren't aviation people, aren't excited, they don't do flight simulators, they don't do planes, um, who have got it uh, because I think there are two reasons for that. The first reason is that marketing has been very good. There's been some incredible, you know, trailer videos, teaser videos, and it has promised extraordinary things and largely delivered on them. Mm. The second thing is that it's on Game Pass on PC. Yes. And that has meant that people who already have the Game Pass just automatically get access to it. So people aren't having to spend 70 quid to find it if they want the game. They can already get access. Or they can sign up to it for a pound and find out that way. And that has... It's just opened it up to so many people and that that is probably microsoft's smartest move they could have done for this game i think um it just it has been extraordinary you know i listened to a gaming podcast called, called filthy casuals i might as well plug it i mean it's, it's a, my favorite one of my favorite podcasts um and they you know they they don't they're not aviation people they don't play flight things and they've all gone in on it everyone on it and they've all given it a go i actually haven't listened to the review episode yet but they've done a whole episode to review it. And that is how big this sim has been. It's extraordinary. And I've never seen anything like it with the flight sims before. Um, but, uh, yeah, what I will say is that the, the experience that it brings, and I think maybe, Nick, you can you can start us off talking about your experience of what it offers you as a flight simmer and what it offers as, as, a, as an experience for a game. I was in the closed alpha from quite early on and the closed beta. So I've had a taste of what it can do for a long time, but I haven't ever been able to say anything about it. <laughs> Fucking... Sorry, player just kicked the ball straight into his own face. Um, uh, I haven't been able to say anything about it because uh, people who were in the alpha and beta had to sign a non-disclosure agreement to take part, um, which has been a shame because you know it would have been awesome to have chatted to people about it, but you, you just can't. But, I mean, if anything, that has made me more excited for when it's actually released because I've known what's coming. I've known how mind-blowing this sim is um, and what it enables you to do anywhere in the world is just uh, unprecedented. Absolutely unprecedented. So, Nick, why don't you take us away and tell us what you can do in this simulator that you've not been able to do in a simulator ever before? I think the main thing is, is just to go anywhere, do anything, whatever you want, um, you can change the weather on the fly you can have snow that's probably one of the biggest things that impressed me was just the ability to have snow 
actually a layer of snow even on the buildings which is almost unheard of in flight simulations um so that was pretty revolutionary for me uh, it's, it's just it's just yeah being able to go anywhere don't get me wrong there are problems um with the game yeah but it's it's the weather the the dynamicism of it it's just it's this next generation it, it, i mean that's i mean that's an understatement it is it genuinely is doing something that no simulator has ever done before to put it in perspective talking about things like x-plane earlier if you wanted high resolution high quality imagery with with buildings like physical buildings in them before you pretty much had to buy that area as a package yeah um or create it yourself or create it yourself what this one has done has taken that and applied it to the entire world as an absolute base level that is the game as you buy it the entire planet is high quality satellite imagery they use ai to generate buildings so everywhere, every village, every town, theoretically, is modelled in some way. Not necessarily to high levels of accuracy. For example, Buckingham <laughs> Palace looking like a, a weird circular either office building or prison, depending on how you look at it. Have you seen the, uh, so, the, the monolith in Melbourne? The, 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 yeah, the 200, <laughs> two, was it 210 stories or something? 210-storey <laughs> monolith in Melbourne. That, <laughs> I think a lot of Melbourne residents are finally glad it's getting recognised on the, on, the, on, on, the, on the globe. Um, and like the the Wallace Monument, the William Wallace yes, Monument in Scotland yes. is just an office block. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and that's funny and it's not ideal, but but th- those are things that are going to be fixed over time. Yeah. Because I think they've said this is a, this is like a ten year project, isn't it? It's it's going to be ongoing. Um, We're at the start and it will get better and better. The, the 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 way people are talking about it is it'll be like Windows Ten in that this is the vinyl version. And everything just it carries on from here. Yeah. Um, but more to the point, it just everything is generated automatically, and it it streams the satellite, the imagery, and data from online as you're playing it, and that just get means you then don't have a ma- I mean it's a large install anyway, but it just it means you can have more data on in the game than you ever could possibly have with just a, a straight install on your computer but as you say it's it it has live weather information so you you can spawn on it's incredible on it. the, the but there, there's like thirty-seven thousand airports or something in the game like it, see, it feels like virtually every ical registered airport is or airfield or you know dirt airstrip in, on the planet is in the game you can spawn on one of them and if they have data for what the weather is there that'll be the, the weather in the game if you want it to be I've just checked thirty-seven thousand manually edited airports, which is just again. I mean, I mean, I questioned it's it. unprecedented. I questioned the editing on thirty-seven thousand airports, but yeah, <laughs> I flew a few today. Some didn't even exist, but yeah, yeah. It, it, and and it, but 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 at the same time, it is doing something that has never been done before. Yes. Um, and and you were talking about the fact you can change the weather on the fly. I had an amazing moment. To give you an idea of the simulation of the game, I was I spawned in a King Air at Le Bourget, and I just turned the temperature down forty degrees, and the RPM of the, the the engines just shot up immediately as the temperature went down, which was incredible simulation. You know, mm. immediate reaction to the the, the uh, immediate and therefore dynamic reaction to the actual conditions your plane is in. I had a similar experience. I mean, I was uh, flying a Pitts Special 
um, in New York and I decided to put snow on um, and then my canopy started freezing up so I couldn't actually see mm. out of my canopy and mm. there's no heating controls in the pit so it's like okay I've got a problem here I'll just, I'll just, I'll just turn the weather up again and, and it'll all melt so yeah no, and, and, and I know you said obviously you thought the X-Plane uh, flight model seemed better but they're, they're, I think they're, they feel good so I mean there is op- very obviously a marked difference between the 747 yeah, yeah, yeah. and the extra 330 I think <laughs> I, I think when the third party planes come out then you'll start to see yeah, more accuracy and there's a lot lined up for it already. What's but... been announced? Do you guys know what's been announced third party? Or... Uh, the Carinado are bringing some of their stuff across from X-Plane. I mean, Carinado aren't particularly highly rated on X-Plane. Um, oh, really? No, they're very good in the in the looks and the feel of the plane, but the flight yeah. models have sometimes been a okay. bit lacking. Um, okay. Obviously, you've got Orbex, who do a lot yeah. of the mapping stuff in X-Plane. They've also started releasing... Um, airports and things on Microsoft Flight Simulator. They did make a bit of a faux pas with the London City Pack. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they used which models I, from which I actually bought. Yeah, I've and, got it. Yeah. I've got it. And and I think they they they've acknowledged that there's a problem and they're going they're going to change it. So. Well, they better bloody had to. Be I mean, if you if you saw Buckingham Palace or Houses of Parliament in there in their uh, release, it's it was terrible. It's like Flight some, Simulator some 9. saying they're just the models from Flight Sim 95. Yeah. Um but 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 the point is that it is all of these you know other errors that do exist in locations around the world can be fixed yes. by third parties, yeah. and that's great. And you will hopefully get a lot of people doing things for free because they see it as a passion project. I think PDMG are bringing a lot of stuff to it as well. I was going to say PMD PMDG. Are, I think is it PMD? I, it was PMD. PMDG. Yeah, I've I've read that they're bringing stuff. I don't know what, but I've and look look forward to paying five hundred quid yeah. each for it. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think someone I can't remember who it was. Someone's doing a super hornet already. Oh really? Um, and obviously once once the jets start coming, that's very cool. But there's a good range, you know. And 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 the the cool thing is the reason all of this is extraordinary is from the very early points it was being marketed as VFR everywhere, and that's what it is. Push flight is, is amazing. Is, it, it achieves that. Yeah, you can jump anywhere on the globe and navigate to anywhere else. VFR. It's. Yeah. it's it, it is. It, you know, trying to describe it, I'm, lo- I'm lost for words. It's just uh, technologically speaking, extraordinary to be able to jump into somewhere anywhere, and it has a very cool flight plan feature as well. What's that? Um, what has it been? So you you when you create a flight you can set a departure point you can set an arrival point uh you know usually between airfields and a lot of the a lot of the aircraft already in the game are sort of a lot a lot of them are sort of manufacturers latest offerings yeah so they're obviously very advanced because they've been there for advertising they're obviously very advanced they've all got garmin sat you know gps systems in Garmin 1000 yeah so you, so you put in the in this flight plan and it'll load it into the gps already for you in in, the, in when you jump in the plane um, which is very handy and very cool, but also you can set custom locations for for waypoints along your flight plan. So you can plug in GPS po- uh, coordinates into your flight plan, and it'll navigate you to them. And that's really cool. That's really uh, handy. So, for example, I um, made a, just a home nations tour uh, the other day, where just it was just a King Air flight around all the home nations stadiums. Um, 
before out out of London City, Twickenham, Cardiff, Dublin, Edinburgh, and then back to London City. About three hours flight, um, and it was it was quite good fun. It was quite nice. It was rubbish weather, um, and only only two of the stadiums actually have models, and the others are just <laughs> just flat textures, unfortunately. And hopefully that will be fixed. The the brilliant thing about that is if you make a flight plan, you can then save it and share it with people. Yeah. Oh, cool. Which is what I did with you earlier, wasn't it? Yeah, you shared your Iceland yeah, tour. Yeah, Iceland tour. And that, and and the the thing with that again, that, that has never been done in any, certainly in any of the civilian flight sims that otherwise simul- have have the entire globe available to fly. Something like DCS, where it's very limited maps, obviously is different. The, the point with that is you can make a flight plan and share it with someone, and you know they will have the same experience and see the same things that you do. By and large, unless yeah. there are you know landmark packs, for example. Yeah. But they will see the same things that you do because they're getting the same data, they're getting the same textures. They don't have to buy three or four different texture packs to get a no uh, uh you know la- landscape orthography packs to get the same experience as you and that yeah. that is what is game changing it's um i mean by the time fsx had sort of run its cause it was absolutely at its limit of oh it's it's, da- was, it's so dated now it, it, yeah i mean i i played it a bit still when it was on steam up until about last year maybe 18 months ago and it was uh, it was it was poor. It was just a game, just not of its time anymore. Yeah, it, it's not. It was obsolete. It's Fourteen years old now. Yeah, um, I think customizations have done a lot with it. Um, it can yeah. it can still be good, but yeah, like you say, you have to do so much work to get it to that point now. Yeah. yeah. Whereas flight simulator, yeah. flight simulator twenty twenty is there straight away. It's and it, yeah, and it is extraordinary. And you you've you've been doing my, uh, multiplayer in it as well. Yes, yes, I had a, a bush flight. Um, from, from Sedona to uh, Grand Canyon yesterday, about 15 of us, um, oh, all, nice. all flying. So we all landed at Flagstaff, and then we all had like a group photo in our planes, and then uh, <laughs> flew onto the Grand Canyon. So yeah, no, that was really cool. And okay. and what's your what's your feeling that experience of being in that just the same airspace as other people? It's obviously something I haven't really experienced before because I've not really done multiplayer, mm. um, so it's still all a bit new to me. But yeah, it's 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 a great experience being able to fly alongside someone, just twenty thirty feet away from them. Um, mm. It's it's certainly an experience. But I mean that 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 is the multiplayer experience in other games. I mean, Ill Two and DCS and plenty of others is when you fly in formation. Flying in formation with with people is fantastic fun, particularly when you're in like fast jets and you properly tuck in to formation yeah. like it's just mm. and once you learn to you, constant throttle movements and stick movements and stuff like that it it's genuinely awesome and good fun i think and, i think my yeah, I, my problem's always been i i prefer to fly with people i know i don't tend to fly with people i don't know at all it's, it's yeah hmm. that's fair that's the same with me i i usually fly with as i mentioned before my mate david um but yeah, I was doing the same the other day with a guy I know. We went for a flight around Cardiff, and just just that. And he was, I mean, he was. This was the things I've got my full flights and stuff. And he was flying on a um, Xbox game. So pack. you've got the whole world, and you chose Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> glad, <laughs> glad Tom's not here. <laughs> he he chose Cardiff actually. Thank you. Okay. Um, but no, I just. But actually, he was going for a flight, and I just joined him, jumped in, and and there we were both both at. Cardiff International and he was just doing a short flight in a what were we in Robbins I think okay and I can't remember what it is um and 
he was just doing a quick Cardiff to St. Athen. Wow, that with, is quick. With a quick with a quick flight over the over the city. So we jumped in, and, and it, all it is is a case of he appears on your map at the beginning. You click on them, set them as departure. You jo- jump in, you're next to them, and you're flying around in formation. It's it's it is a fantastic feeling knowing that. And like I said, he was playing on a gamepad, so <laughs> you've got two completely different user experiences there, two different ways of playing it, two very different entry levels into the sim as well, that have come together seamlessly. And that, that is, again, what it has done so well. I think there's a lot of inbuilt assists, aren't there, to help yeah. to help players that haven't had flight sim experience before? Yeah, there, there is a lot of that. It's very accessible. Yeah, I, I can't wait to uh, go on an, a Microsoft Flight Simulator multiplayer and for it not to lag out like it did on FSX, <laughs> where an aircraft would suddenly start like flying sideways next to you. Hmm. Can't, can't wait for the Air Force Proud 95 videos to start <laughs> big shout out to him but butter the bread <laughs> <laughs> let's not go through all the uh, terminologies of how to do a nice landing again good job Ian's not here pissing on, cat pissing on velvet <laughs> um, but yeah no it, it, it is extraordinary you know the, 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 it, and it is a, such an incredible flight simulator experience it, it is up there it it has come in strong and it has delivered on what it's promised and it promised a lot i am keen to get it i you know as you know flying in real life i'd love to get it i, I my issue is i wouldn't be able to get it on my laptop because i think probably my laptop yeah. would explode yeah um <laughs> But it'll happen. So it's one of those things. I've got to get it. The 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 stuff that I've seen from it looks like nothing else. It'll be out on the Xbox at some point, possibly early next year. Yeah. Um, so that's another way to get into it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do think if you are a flight simmer, it's it sounds like a kind of a cringy thing to say, but I think it's non-optional. It's like, a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. It it is it is probably as far as civilian ones go the best flight sim experience that has ever been done now short of obviously your full motion sim kind of stuff yeah um and even then obviously it's going to look better than that well full motion i mean the when we did the full motion sim at flyvee on the dash 8 the the scenery is non-existent essentially because yeah. it's obviously not you, the don't, point you don't need it sim. yeah um whereas the point of microsoft flight sims to look out your window and see the world I, mean, yeah. I think there's still an issue with content as well. Um, there isn't a huge amount to do in it. Obviously, there's a lot to see, but there isn't actually a huge amount yeah. a, a purpose yeah, for flying. Um, I mean, they've got the bush trips, which I know they've started putting those in. There's three of those available, which are very good. I don't know if you've tried the bush trips at all. I haven't tried No, because they're, they're purely v- VFR. So you, you literally get a little set of instructions. So fly here, fly four, four minutes in this direction. Oh, really? Wait for a junction, then turn and follow oh, the road. So yeah, oh, wow. yeah, it's it's very good, uh, and they're quite long as well. I think one of the ones I'm doing at the moment is is 25 legs, and each one's oh, wow. each one's probably 20, 30 miles of flying, um, and it's all if you want the achievement at the end, you have to do it without knowing where you are, so you have to just follow the instructions. Oh, right. mm. So no, it's very good. They're worth worth a go. Landing challenges are very good as well. The landing challenge is very good. But it is, it, yeah. Um, I agree with that. But but uh, and you're talking about lack of content. But can you can you say any different about the likes of X Plane and? No, I think that's where that? the third parties come in. 
yeah. they can create content because because Microsoft Flight Simulator and Xplane are able to talk to other applications. You can have background yeah. applications running, um, which then talk and they'll set up the flight for you. Uh, so if you want to do haulage missions, you have this back mm-hmm. the background application. You set all that up, your cargo, and then you fly the mission, and then it ports that information back to the application. So you've still got you've got like a purpose for flying. Um, and that's coming. I know they've already said they're supporting FatSim. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I was I was just about to say. Um, I think in terms of your pure realism, FatSim's the top tier. For yeah. Civilian stuff, and they've said that they will be, you know, fully supporting VATSIM. Yeah, and and there will be plenty coming because this this I was going to say will become. I think it is now the gold standard for flight sims. Like, yeah, it it is. Um, and and I was saying before, if if you're already a flight simmer, you've probably already got it, and if you haven't, you're going to get it because get it. it's it, it's not optional. And if you are considering going on flight sims, then boy, go in on this because. This, this is this is the thing you get a new PC for, you know. It really is good. And as you say, once content starts coming, I think they're going to support it with those kind of missions and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, as it goes on, obviously, until start other stuff starts coming. Um, as far as non-combat sims go, it's still just... There's so much to see and do. It's fantastic. Um, it's just an incredible experience. And none of us work for Microsoft, so this is totally unbiased. None of us work for Microsoft, but if Microsoft are listening and do fancy sponsoring the podcast... <laughs> well done, uh, Sam. My email address is... Uh, yeah, we can all have a deluxe version. at live. Uh, yeah, yeah, if, if you want to... Yeah, if Microsoft are listening and want to give want to give the, the UCAR staff team a bunch of premium deluxe editions... Bill, Bill Gates put it on his Twitter uh, last week that he... That he loves the UCAR podcast. Yeah, we're more than happy to edit out all the bits where we said there are still some flaws. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but this is the thing. I mean, it, it's it's such a huge undertaking. It was never going to be perfect out of the box. But no. frankly, it doesn't matter. No. That's the thing because what it is doing is has never been done before, and it is doing it. Yeah. And we're talking and we're talking about something that is literally what a week old. If uh, it's been not even that less, less Tuesday, than a week. blimey, five yeah, days old. Tuesday, today, Sunday. <laughs> um, what, what's been your favourite moment in it so far? Do you think? Just just before we wrap up. Um, good question. Favourite moment. You have to come back to me on that because I'm just trying to think. You can't ask me because I've not got it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favourite moment was flying out of Haneda Airport and seeing behind me a line of um because i tend to go into the external views a lot to take cool screenshots because i do that a lot on flight sims i love taking you know cool screenshots um looking behind me and seeing three other actual human users on approach um that was just a yeah a cool moment feeling like i'm in a, a living breathing world um other people actually in the game with me just just being there flying around enjoying it the same as me that was very very cool have you had anyone spawn on the runway yet on multiplayer because I know that was a big gripe of FSX <laughs> yeah yeah I've, I've seen that, that. But, yeah, but, yeah. but they, but they, they sort of fade oh, out oh right um, they, they, don't, you, they don't contact oh, okay um, if, if you try and fly into each other so for example yeah you'd have to worry about collisions hugely irritated thing on FSX yeah. is some plan spawn on the runway into the game not that it really matters because I think I'm pretty sure you could go through it, but 
well that, that's yeah. just what happens yeah i mean it happens if, if they just spawn in on the airport the same time as you then that's what happens yeah. Celeve. um yeah no work yeah and there are flaws like like you like you going for a flight down the thames and seeing the weirdly curvy and contoured river water yes. um <laughs> It's not quite believable, <laughs> but you know what? You're flying down. Yeah. You're flying down the Thames. It's pretty cool. I mean, night flying is is pretty special as well. I bet the lights, oh, night flying in, awesome. in the cities and stuff. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, I mean, I know with the London pack, the bro- the brightness is a little bit too high for London at the moment, but it, it still mm. does look really impressive. Just flying over well, London at night. C- city of light, isn't it? So yeah, it's going to leave that unchallenged. Well, I, did, um... I, I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so you got away with that one. Uh, I remember uh, in the Alpha when I was playing, just going for flight over Rome at night okay. and managing to navigate my way to the Colosseum just based on Nerd. seeing the roads. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's cool though. It's so cool. Um, I think that's probably enough of our, our our review though for now. The best way to experience it, get on uh, if you've got a decent enough computer, you've got a gamepad or even a joystick, go to Xbox, get on the Game Pass for PC. I think it's a pound for the first month download it it's be, be warned it's a big installs come all, all told comes about 100 gigabytes to be fair but um pay it pay a pound download it have a go and i i would be prepared to guarantee that you will not look back it's extraordinary that's a big claim alternative um, if you want the arcadey stuff war thunder is 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 a perfectly and, viable suitable option if you want something that's just a little bit of fun playing online shooting somebody down in a b25 absolutely and uh yeah and and there's a big flight sim world out there there's a lot to choose from so do have a look dcs is good fun despite all we've said ill 2 great battles is great fun um hopefully see some of you in the virtual sky sometime if i can end on such a horribly saccharine note It was worse than your worse segues. Than my segues. But um, no, thank you for listening. I mean, if you've listened to this and you've been playing Flight Sim, please do let us know what you think on on social media. You know, on on, on our Twitter, on our forums at UK Airshow Review on the social medias and um, forums.airshows.co.uk for the for the forums. Let us know what you've been thinking about this sim because you know, we, we, if you've got some cool screenshots, you've got some thoughts, you've had some amazing moments in it. We're we're all ears. We're all keen to find out. Um, if you uh, if you've not listened to the podcast before and you like what you hear, we're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and probably at this point most other sort of podcast aggregators now. Um, thanks for listening, and see you in another episode. Goodbye.